are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Guys, Common X Banker, uh, he's raised 19 million bucks, hoping to help folks mitigate hedging risks. For example, if you're selling a hotel bed in California to a Mexican travel agent who needs to sell it to Mexican residents in pesos, he'll help you hedge that risk. This risk can be significant with the euro changing, for example, the past two weeks, 8% against the dollar. It's a massive market. His hope is to get this product live in the next six months and process, you know, call it a billion dollars of hedging volume next year, of which he'll make 20 to 30 bips on. So call it two to three million bucks in revenue. Already has a team in place of 20 people looking to scale now with this new money. Hey folks, my guest today is Aaron Navan. As a former head of Barclays, CMA FX trading platform and the co-founder of Israel's largest FX hedging non-bank, Aaron brings over 20 years of FX and risk management exposure to his current company, which is an embedded cross-currency solution called GrainFinance.co. Aaron, you ready to take us to the top? Yes. All right, double this down for our non-finance people. What does that mean in a simple sentence? What, hedging for SMEs? <laughs> what, what you do, why people pay you. <laughs> that, that's I'm not sure. They, this we'll find out in the future. But basically, uh, I have over 20 years of experience providing uh, hedging solutions to a lot of companies, small, bigs, uh, private individuals, high net worth. So I think you know uh, we acquired some experience, uh, and that's what maybe I'm uh, what I'm paid for. So Aaron, sorry, you, you got to dumb that down, right? So w- hedging risk right now, right? So there's a, there's two currencies. People want to do business together. Explain to us specifically what hedging risk is. Why why do people hedge that risk on currency? In a very simple manner, when you have an importer, for example, that is uh, buying uh, some some type of an inventory, uh, for example, an importer from the U.S. that is buying, uh, for example, in- inventory which is wine, okay, from Europe. So he's a dollar-based. He's selling his wines in dollars, but he's paying for his, uh, uh, you know, wines in, in euro. So the exposure between the euro and the dollar is affecting him. So if he's buying it in euro, for example, and you know he is actually purchasing it, the euro is going, you know, uh, uh, increasing versus the dollar, then he can lose a lot of money basically by paying more. So what we're doing here is we're providing him with a hedge. That he can fix his euro dollar rate at the uh, let's say the inception of his uh, of his order, and that's that 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 way he knows how much he paid in dollars, okay, for something that he will be receiving in two months' time, okay, uh, and then he knows you know what uh, will be the price for his uh, end clients in the U.S. that will pay for this price, mm-hmm. and then the actual profit it will be the the amount he paid for the specific wine. And uh, and the, the basically the price that he sold the wine at, at, at dollars as well. So it's dollar versus dollar and not dollar versus euro. How big of a risk can this be? If I'm a wine owner today, I run a liquor shop in California, and I spend a million dollars to buy wine from Europe, you know, today, but I'm not going to get it until four months from now. How much could that value increase or decrease after I've already put up the million USD? Yeah, you know, lately it's actually it's very volatile. So we can say that over the past even two weeks, the euro increased versus the dollar by 8%. So for example, a million dollar of inventory 
you could have lost eighty thousand dollars or eighty thousand euros just by waiting, you know, for two weeks to pay for the actual uh, for the actual wines. So that's yeah. a lot of money. For how much he would have sell, sold those wines, you know, in, in the U.S. But I'm not yeah. sure that his uh, profit margin is eight or ten percent. So he can even uh, end up losing in his business. So that's that's your sales pitch, right? So you're selling to me now, the guy in, that runs the wine shop in California. Saying Nathan, careful! There's an eighty thousand dollar risk here. Pay me X to get rid of that risk, right? How do you work your pricing? So basically, I'm a liquidity provider, so I have liquidities from you know a lot of banks, a lot of uh, non-banks, uh, and that's my business. So I can buy the hedge very cheaply. So for four months' time, you know, I can buy the euro dollar hedge or the euro dollar forward, as we call it in you know in our business, uh, at a very good price. And that price, I'm transferring, passing to. Uh, Wine, uh, to the wine buyer, okay? Uh, and I'm just making a small margin on that. What margin do you reverse engineer for? Uh, basically 20, 30 basis points, you know, above my cost of, uh, of hedging, which yep. is actually very, very competitive. I mean, if he would try to do that, for example, versus, I mean, with his local bank, he would pay probably end up paying by 4 or 5% for uh, this specific million dollars of uh, euro dollar hedge. Yep. So four percent to a bank, 0.2 to 0.3 percent for you. So what does that what does that mean for me as the as the guy buying the wine from Europe? What am I going to pay you to hedge this risk? So you're just going to pay me, okay, a million dollar in four months' time, and I will deliver you the euro, so you can pay your uh, uh, your supplier in Europe. Okay. Oh, I see. That's that's the business we're doing. Got it. So you're but- not making money. You're not making money then from me. You're making money on the other side. I'm making money from the spread. So let's say I bought the hedge, okay? If your dollar now is 104, okay? That's my cost. So I will sell it to you at 104.20. I'm not, I, say, give me that, 104, what? A dollar 40, 140, 104%? A euro dollar is 104 now. So for one euro, okay? It's 1.04 dollars. So for a million euro of an order, okay? You have to pay me 1 million and 40,000 dollars. That's my cost. So for me to earn slightly on, because that's my cost, okay? So I will quote you 1.042, which is this 20 basis point that I was mentioning earlier. I and see. This 20, yeah, and that 20 basis point is basically uh, $2,000, okay? On a million yep. euro order, which is close to nothing. So you're making effectively 0.2 to 0.3% on effectively the money flowing through your system, right? Your GMV, if you were a marketplace. Exactly. I see. All right, let's get more of your backstory here now that we understand sort of the model. And by the way, are, are wine buyers in the US buying from Europe your number one customer? Sorry? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> from different uh, uh, areas. Well, who, who, what is the, like your top three, don't name the customers, but the top three groups that you serve, what are they? Actually, now that we're serving, we are more of an embedded finance. So we're providing hedging yeah, to travel platforms in the travel industry, okay? So for example, a bed bank that is selling hotel beds, okay, to local agents. So we will provide hedging solution, like our engine will provide him prices that he can quote his local agent in, his, in their local courses. So for example, if you have an hotel bed in the US that he has a, a Mexican agent that is selling rooms to Mexicans, okay, which is a little bit complicated, but we can give him the hedge so he can quote the hotel bed price in Mexican peso. 
for his uh, uh, Mexican agent. And the Mexican agent can pass through the Mexican peso price to his local uh, client. So are you making a flat fee from the hotel bed owner in the US or the Mexican agent or no? So we're still going to make the same spread that I mentioned earlier. No, I know that. But is there a flat fee on top just to use the embedded finance tech stack? It it varies between currency pairs and the tenor of the hedge. So a hedge, for for example, for one month and a hedge for one year is slightly different. Sorry, what I'm asking is a lot of these embedded finance products will make money on a spread like what you do, but they also then have like traditional SaaS revenue or recurring fee for the hotel bed operator in the US. You you have no no flat fees. No. Okay, very cool. All right. Give us a history here. When did you launch the business? What year? Uh, about a year ago. Okay, so fairly new. Okay, got it. 2021. And yeah. was your first customer a ho- someone running a hotel bed in the US? Or how did you get your first customer? Uh, obviously, look, we've raised... I mean, we're well-funded. Okay. Uh, we are about a team of uh, between 15 to 20 employees currently. Uh, and we have head of marketing, head of business, have a head of uh, uh, CTO, CPO, everything. And, and our new customers are actually, we have two big hotel beds, okay? One of them is coming from Israel and one of them is actually coming from Singapore and Japan. Okay. But are you pre-revenue today then? You're not live with them yet? Yes, pre-revenue. But okay, got it. let's yeah. say December, January, we will uh, start uh, generating uh, revenues. I mean, that was kind of funny, right? I asked about your first customer and your answer was, we've raised a lot of funding. Uh, I'm like, okay, he must be, he must be pre-revenue uh, because I like revenue, obviously, more than customers. But obviously, course, I mean, I guess the, the, question, the question I would ask you is, you have quite a track record in this space, right? Looking at your background, why do you need a bunch of money to launch this? Why sell all that equity early on? Look, it, it's basically, uh, it's very expensive yeah, to build such a platform. I'm saying tech, okay? Because I have businesses today that they're doing it in more of a manual way. But to do it, uh, you know, on a scale and and very uh, technological, it's very expensive. Yep. How uh, many engineers and, are make up the 20 today? Uh, almost half of them. 10, okay. Wow. Okay, and, and I guess how much did you raise? Uh, $19 million. One, one nine or nine zero? One nine. One nine. Okay. I wish I wish nine zero, but one nine. You'd have no equity left if you raise that, <laughs> raise that amount. <laughs> All right. So you raised nineteen million bucks, and that was yeah. the first money in. Yes. Okay. Well, that, yeah. that would be a very large pre-seed round. It was really like a. It's more like a probably a large seed round is how you would call that, right? Exactly. It's a, it's a seed round. Basically, the the money. I mean, we got the money from uh, you know very good funds that they really believe in the team. Because that's all, just to be clear, that's all equity. That none of that is a, a small like debt fund or a warehouse all, facility. All, fund equity. all, all equity. equity. Okay. Yeah. Um, and most folks these days are selling between fifteen and twenty percent equity in seed rounds. Did you sell about the same amount? Yeah, sort of, approximately. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Higher or lower? A little bit higher. Okay, a little bit more. So yeah. this was very dilutive for you. Or this was this a very strategic partner? Not not very diluted. You know, I don't see it like that. You well, know, you sold I, more than twenty percent of the company. I would say that's very dilutive. I know, but we also uh, raise a lot of uh, money as well, and we want to build something that is very robust that will be, you know, a real legacy. So, for me, let's say if I look in ten years down the line, uh, and I'll have even two percent, but from a thirty billion dollars business, I'll be okay with that. 
I don't care about, about the, the percentage. It's a big risk, though, Aaron. Right? I mean, how many how many companies that started ten years ago are worth thirty billion dollars today? You're you're taking a you're taking a massive swing, and it's a big risk. But it's much harder to accomplish than going and building a ten million dollar bootstrap company that profits five million a year. But, but I see risk differently, actually. You know, for me, once you know we've raised the money and we have employees, so I need to secure them and I need to secure the company. So the more money I have, you know, it's the less risk I think for the company. No, I would argue it's significantly more risk the more money you raise. Significantly more risk. You have to grow faster. Everyone burns more. You lose your creativity because everyone wants to throw money at problems. I would argue it's way riskier to raise a lot of money. So so I disagree with you on that. I disagree with you on that. And, um, you know, we we are very patient. I'm not in a rush, you know, to jump on any solution or to to try and, and get every client. You know, I'm... I have enough experience, you know, to do the right thing. And that's why I raised a lot of money from these mm-hmm. specific, uh, specific VCs that they know that we would do the right thing, okay, in order to be here for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. It's a different matter. You know, I'm not like, let's say if I was 20 years ago, maybe, you know, I would try this, I would try that. I know exactly where I'm heading to. Obviously, we're making some mistakes. Now we'll make some mistakes in the future, but we have enough, you know, uh, knowledge and experience to to take this company, okay, to uh, higher levels. Yeah, well, listen, I, I'm I'm not rooting against you, obviously. I oh, hope no. you have a big success, but I don't. I want my audience to understand: if you put a yes. hundred founders in a room, right? First mm-hmm. off, only two percent of them are going to be able to raise at all, right? So you're one of them, right? So two out of the hundred raise. Right and and I mean you look wait one out of a hundred investments a VC fund makes returns the fund becomes worth thirty billion, right? So you're looking at like point two out of a room of a hundred founders, right? Actually go and do what you just articulated versus the other hundred founders in that room. If they go build, I mean it's way easier to build a five ten million dollar revenue company and profit two three million a year, right? I would say it's way less risky that, that, to build I that kind of company. No, no, I, I agree with you on that, but I see differently in that matter that if I raise just five million dollars, you know, I think I would put my company in a very high risk that it could go bankrupt, you know, in a year time because we're not going to have enough funding for the next uh, for the next one. And you know, well, or, or you don't get enough customers, right? That's what makes a company go bankrupt is you can't, you don't get, you don't have customers willing to pay, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm not saying you. I'm saying yeah. in general, in the market, you do. It sounds like you have two customers lined up. I'm saying, generally speaking, the risk is you raise too much money for an idea that you then build, spend a bunch of money on, and then people don't end up buying it. That's re- that's like crap. That's a bad situation. Yeah, but but the, the beauty with us, yeah, that we do have this experience and track record. And yeah, I have my own yeah. company that is actually generating, you know, very nice revenues here in Israel. We are obviously the the, the non bank. They're doing, you know, the most business with the small medium businesses. So the, the VCs that invested in us, they can see the track record. Okay. What um what 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 is your track record? What were you doing before this? So I, I was basically head of uh, the trading uh, trading in Deutsche Bank and Barclays. In Barclays, I used to run Cimer, which is Central Eastern Europe, Middle Eastern Africa, in FX and rates. Uh, and six years ago, I found a company in that specific area as well, providing hedging for small medium businesses in Israel. Oh, Shiller Saham. So, and in that specific company, I have already one thousand five hundred companies that are doing business with me. So, you, you know, we know what we do. You're and talking about Horizon, right? Not Horizon. It's called Altro Shacham Financial Services. Horizon is the crypto. Uh, uh, Oh, it's the that's the crypto specific arm. 
I have two companies, yeah. One is the Al-Shah from Financial Services, yeah. which, which provide hedging for small video businesses. And, and there's 20 the people, there's 20 people full-time at that company, according no, to LinkedIn. There are more employees, actually. This is the company that is only the Israeli-based company servicing only Israeli clients, okay? And this is a very profitable business. Mm-hmm. And this is, that, that uh, company was a bootstrap. No uh, funding raising at all. And the corn company, which is Grain, that, you know, we've raised the $19 million. <laughs> this is for international. So basically to, uh, to conquer the whole world, US, Europe, and Asia, to provide uh, uh, hedging solutions on a scale, on a technological level. Is this financial services arm, though, serving only Israeli clients included in the cap table of the no, combined? They're no, separate companies. Separate companies, yes. How did you get investors in grain comfortable with this massive side project you have that's still operating today with a lot of employees and bootstrap? Well, over there, I have, you know, it's, it's, it's like you're asking Elon Musk, how does he can, he can run SpaceX, Tesla? Well, no offense, but I'm not Elon Musk. You're not Elon Musk, right? I'm not Elon Musk. No, I'm not, I'm not worth $200 billion, but, but obviously I can run a few businesses. And over there, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm only serving as a director. And I was founder of that company, okay? I hardly spend any time there. There is a CEO, uh, uh, CMO, everything there. The, the, the company is running by itself. I'm just mm-hmm. on the border. Uh, once a month, we have a board, uh, a board meeting, and that's where <laughs> I'm giving my uh, sort of my, my my experience and knowledge to help them go yep. further in that respect. So, um, well, you've already cut your teeth bootstrapping. You're taking a very different approach on this one to go conquer the world. We're certainly rooting for you. We'll see what happens. What's your goal next year? How much volume do you want to process? I think we're going to be up to a billion dollars of, uh, of hedgings uh, through this specific vertical, which is called the travel industry. Over that what period of time? Next 12 months? In 2023, which you can say over the next 12 months. You know, we're at the end okay. of the... But I mean, so, I mean, look, this is going to be sort of a tra- strange question, but isn't that yeah. too slow? I mean, the reason I say is if you're only making two, 20 bips on a billion in GMV, that's only 2 million bucks of revenue. You just raised 20 million bucks. Isn't that too slow of growth for a company that just no, raised 20 million it, bucks? No, because it's very exponential because in 2024. Well, you're going, to, you're going from zero, by the way, right? Though, of course, it's exponential. No, I'm saying exponential. Then in 2024, yeah, we will have probably between 5 to $7 billion of hedging. And then it's going... Uh, uh, in an exponential uh, way. So 2024, 2025, probably we're going to be like 15,000. So that that's going to be the sort of the uh, the scale. Yeah, I mean, but even at 15 billion at 20 bips, that's assuming you hit that with ambitious goals, that's 30 million bucks, I think. Um, I mean, that's obviously on par with what VCs want to see. How, what, what's the total amount? If you get this whole market, what's the total amount of, of processing you think you can power? So it's it's tri- trillions of dollars. You know how, how many much money is moving now, currently, every day, in the hedging market, trillions of dollars a day. Yeah, but are you so talking about just about hotel hedging and travel hedging? No, or no, no, hedging? Not, we, we're starting with the hotel vertical. We're going to go into uh, account payable solutions, so to a lot of those platforms, yep. uh, logistics. We have few verticals. We're starting with the the, the travel uh, vertical. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, hey, we're. Actually, we are very ambitious in that respect. You know, we can see ourselves as the Goldman Sachs of the small medium businesses worldwide. That that's the ambition. Okay, that's where we, we are aiming for. Yeah, look, I, I mean, 
it's a lot of money to going from, you know, you, if you launch in 2021, you know, you're basically saying it's going to take you two and a half years to do $2 million of revenue, right? Because that's what a billion dollars of GMV would be at 20 bips, right? It'd be 2 million by the end of next year. Um, and then you're off to the races. So we'll see what happens. We're rooting for you. We're out of time though for today. So let's wrap up with the famous five. Number yeah. one, what's your favorite business book? Actually, I don't have a favorite business book. I'm, I'm more okay. into physics, and I can tell you what is my favorite book in, in physics, but not in business. Go ahead, physics. I, the only the only uh, business book that you know I can really relate to is the Warren Buffett book, which was the Warren Buffett way, which I read 20 years ago. Yeah, that's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Read lately, um, Stephen Schwartzman from uh, Blackstone. Which I wasn't really impressed, actually. But that was the latest one I read. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building grain? Sorry? Favorite online tool. Favorite online tool? Don't have any more specific. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Seven to eight hours. That's good. And situation, married, single kids? Divorced, but I have a partner now. Fair enough. Any kids? Yeah, two kids. Two kids, okay. Yes. Oh, great. And how, how old are you? Um, 49. 49. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20 years old? No, not really. You know, I like I like every, every basically, I, I say every age or every decade. I like to live that decade. You know, I like to make my own mistakes, learn from them, live experience and, and you know, take it from there. Guys, common ex-banker, uh, he's raised 19 million bucks, hoping to help folks mitigate hedging risks. For example, if you're selling a hotel bed in California to a Mexican travel agent who needs to sell it to Mexican residents in pesos, he'll help you hedge that risk. This risk can be significant with the euro changing, for example, the past two weeks, 8% against the dollar. It's a massive market. His hope is to get this product live in the next six months and process, you know, call it a billion dollars of hedging volume next year, of which he'll make 20 to 30 bips on. So call it two to three million bucks in revenue. Already has a team in place of 20 people looking to scale now with this new money. Aaron, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you very much.